And that's where um, knowing that you are not your client comes into play as well. It's not just branding and aesthetic. It's like the overall film and understanding their mindset. Like, yeah, maybe I don't care about my shoes. Like I spent 30 bucks on them, you know, but for them, it's important and to be able to recognize and have the communication with them um, to be on the same page is huge. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Love, episode 18. Uh, my name is Ben. I will be your host. And joining me all the way from Northern California, we have US-based filmmaker and educator, Taylor Petrinovich. Taylor, th- thanks for joining me. Hey, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I'm so excited to come on your show. Wicked. Um, and um, basically, we're doing a bit of a collab today. So you're coming on my show. And you also have your own podcast called uh, The Level Up podcast level up show how yeah. would, how do you it i would say level up for short the full name is yeah. level up your wedding film business but level up is fine <laughs> yeah yeah i know that i know this st- 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 struggle for getting a like unique name for those podcast apps um but yeah today you're on my show and mm-hmm. i'm also going to be featuring on your show which is really exciting um your show will be my first show i'm actually a guest on which is kind of cool um but yes, yeah, today we are going to be talking about two subjects that um, are really important. One of which is branding, which I've talked about a lot on this show, um, and rebranding. And the other is Instagram, which is a platform that is incre- incredibly important for winning videographers and a platform that I suck on. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be basically grilling Taylor t- today, um, trying to unlock all her secrets because she is basically a bit of a, a Instagram whiz, a bit of an Instagram mastermind. Um, she's got a course on um, how to use Instagram, you know, epically. So basically, Taylor and I are going to uh, chat through uh, those two subjects today uh, and see uh, how much we can uh, how much we can break down. So, um, Taylor, would you mind uh, starting me off a little bit with a little bit of an intro on uh, you uh, for some of our listeners who um, perhaps haven't heard of your show before um, and your wedding film business? Give us a little bit of a breakdown um, of of you. Yeah, sure. So my name is Taylor Petrovich. Like you said at the beginning of the show, I'm from Northern California um, and I serve like Lake Tahoe through Napa and the Bay Area. So like San Francisco area are my main places. And then I'm journeying into some destination work and I'm targeting um, European countries like Italy and France. So hopefully that'll come around soon. Um, I've been filming weddings for three and a half years, and I feel like this year in 2020, um, I've really hit my stride despite the pandemic and everything that's kind of held us all back. Um, but I feel like I've really like found my groove this year. And in January, I launched my podcast, which we were just talking about, Level Up Your Wedding Film Business, which has been so fun because it's given me the opportunity to talk to lots of cool people like you. So. Mm-hmm. So um, tell me a little bit about the podcast. What was your sort of, um, I guess, impetus for starting that? Yeah, so it's twofold. Um, I would say that first and foremost, there's not a lot of female uh, filmmakers in the education space. And so I really wanted to Mm -hmm. bring a voice to all the females out there. Um, I know it feels like it's a very predominantly male industry, but being able to see kind of the actual like demographic, it's 
Mm. almost evenly split. I would say it's like 55, 45. Mm. So the females are just really underrepresented. So I wanted to bring a voice to, to us. Um, and also I think that a lot of education has been brought by people who've been around in the industry for a really long time, like 10 years. Mm. And I think that's awesome. But I think that there's beauty in learning from someone who's just one step ahead of you. Um, because, what we've learned is like so much recent. And so the knowledge like can be transferred more easily than someone trying to remember what they Mm -hmm. did five, six, seven years ago. So I kind of thought that Mm -hmm. that was like a unique um, way to bring about education in this space. So yeah. No, for sure. That's that's actually a really good point because um, I I find it a lot easier to go in on topics with people that are sort of at my sort of you know level um with filmmaking i I, I do find it really hard to think back to what it was like to be you know a beginner beginner in the first few years of being a wedding filmmaker and find it quite hard to sort of like yeah think like what was it actually like to like you know film my first ceremony and do that sort of thing so um that's actually uh, a really good point and you're totally right um yeah female wedding filmmakers in the education space is sort of uh lacking there so um right on for jumping on that train um i'd love to talk a little bit now about your your wedding film business sure and particularly um the the, the rebrand that you did um relatively recently where you changed um, the name of your, I guess, the name of your brand, Fleeting Moments, to just your name. Mm-hmm. Um, and because that's a, it's a choice that I think a lot of people in the kind of like photography, videography space wrestle, you know, a lot of like um, owner operators wrestle with that decision. Like, do I have my name or do I have a, a brand? Um, and, you know, like for myself, I happened to, to land on a, a brand um, but it's something that I've always sort of been like, I don't really know, especially with like social accounts, like do I start a personal account? There's all sorts of, sorts of things like that. So I guess I'd love to um, hear from you what the deciding point was to go from your kind of fleeting moments brand and change it to your just you, I guess, you know? Yeah. So when I first started my business, um, I didn't actually know I wanted to do weddings. Um, mm. I feel like I wanted to create something that's not really in the marketplace, which was like family films, Mm. like maternity. I don't know. (laughs) When I started my Mm. uh, business, I had a one-year-old and I was pregnant with my second daughter. And so that was just kind of the world I was living in. And it wasn't until a friend from high school um, asked me to film her wedding that I was even considered doing weddings at all. Mm. Um, But I filmed that first one and fell in love with it, I think, as a lot of us can relate to. Um, and so I saw that as like a more reasonable business. And so I took that path. And so fleeting moments was like actually meant for more of like an all encompassing, um, like film genre, (laughs) if that makes Mm. sense. Um, and so I stuck with it for the three, three and a half years. No, it was right on around three years. Um, just because I didn't really know even where I wanted to go with my business. I think I was just serving everybody and creating all kinds of wedding films, you know, barn, beach, ballroom, like everything. Mm -hmm. And I really hadn't found a niche. And it wasn't until this year that I 
like had a heart to heart with myself and with my husband and like how I want my business to look. I think that fear of like being away from my kids um, held me back from like truly pursuing something that was like in my heart and um, kind of got his blessing and him on board with, you know, having the kids for an extended weekend. If I have to go out of town, you know, for a destination wedding or something, he's he's like, yeah, go for it. And so um, after some soul searching, I decided that I really want to push into the luxury industry. Um, which here in the US, like luxury is considered like $10,000, like introductory price for wedding film and up. And so that's kind of where like I'm headed. I just have my sights set on that very specific like um, mm. point and I'm just fo- focusing all my energy there to like hit that as fast as I can. So um, I had joined a like a coaching group that is hosted by a couple um, luxury wedding planners. And a lot of conversation was about branding and about our names and I asked for honest feedback and the overwhelming um, feedback I got was that fleeting moment cinema sounded very like budget friendly um, and they I will never um, be able to thank them enough for this conversation that I had because um, they really like to drill into the people in their group that we are not a commodity we are not like you know a box of coffee that you can buy off the shelf mm-hmm. at a grocery store like we are artists and we are commissioned to make one of a kind works of art like as snooty as that sounds and it can sound mm-hmm. kind of dumb it is the reality of the situation and so like owning that we are artists and that if you are an owner operator like having a personal brand um is a little bit better in a luxury client's eyes because it's not them going to like target and like buying something it's a commissioned mm-hmm. piece of art if that makes sense yeah. um so I, I ran with that. I hired a brand designer like right away and worked with them. Um, just spilled my guts on who my client is. And they I thought they did a really great job of encompassing that um, for my branding and um, realizing that branding is not like some what you like reflected in um, visually. It's ref- it's supposed to be reflecting what your ideal client is attracted to. And those are probably two different things. Like I'm not my ideal client, right? Like I would never be able to hire me. Um, so I'm not trying to attract myself. I'm trying to attract a whole different group of people. So yeah, and sorry, I think that's, that was like that's a, <laughs> crazy. No, no, no. That, that was that was great. And I think that's a really good point that a lot of people um, stumble on. And I, certainly I stumbled on as I sort of figured out my my brand um, was that exact point. You're not appealing to yourself necessarily. You're appealing to your ideal client. And so would you mind t- telling me sort of like, um, you know, who like you, like describe to us your ideal client um, profile and how is that different to who you had been, you, who you had been servicing up until the point that you sort of identified them? Yeah. So I would say that it's, I have two separate ones that um, mm. will fall under my brand. The first one is um, I'm speaking predominantly to brides because in my experience, they're making the decisions, but um, I in no way mean that against um, like same sex couples. Like that's mm. not what I'm talking Like if that's fine, that's great. But I just use bride as a, um, a term for ease. <laughs> um, so it's a bride mm. who is a busy um, working professional who spent the last decade building her career. She's very um, successful in whatever she does, whether that's in the medical, uh, law, um, marketing, whatever industry she's in, she's like really successful and at the height of her career. She took a while to find the person of her dreams to to get married to. And so now she's just really 
busy and doesn't have time to like plan her own wedding. She doesn't have time to like really do it. So she's trusting her wedding planner to find her vendor team and to vet them ahead of time. So I am booking predominantly through planners, not through brides. So appealing to them is really important. So that's kind of section A. Um, and she she wears, you know, expensive clothes. She has a tennis club membership, like whatever. So that's her. And then my yeah. second set is somebody who is maybe born into money. Um, and so they're going to be more like late 20s, probably um, still have a college education, probably um, like a master's degree. And but their parents are like footing the bill. So their parents are really involved in their wedding planning. So both sets have um, somebody else that's like really helping them, whether it's the parents or the planner. Um, so that's who I'm focusing on now. But previously, it was like I was serving a lot of people in their early 20s who maybe are still in college, just finishing college, just starting out in their careers. And so it's a very like different mindset as far as um, where they're at in their life and like how they want to even like view their wedding films. I feel like maybe the older, more seasoned um, people in their 30s like have a better understanding of like how they want to relive their day. And so they value it a little bit more than like somebody in their early 20s who's just checking a box just because they read it on a blog. So two different sets of people. Right on. No, that's 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 really good. Um, a good, like I guess, like overview and observation. And, and the key things there is understanding like who the decision maker is. Yeah. You know, like who, who, you're, who you're actually appealing to. It's like, yes, you've got your... Um, ideal client but then who are like who are you actually trying to get it across the line with is it a planner is it a a parent is it a you know um no that that that, that's really great um can you talk us i guess through the the outcomes of of like once you sort of like made that decision and and sort of found that um decided on that client profile what did that then translate to in your brand What, what changes did you make to sort of appeal more to those um, ideal clients? Yeah, so beyond the name change, um, it was really taking a look at um, things like font choice, color choice, and overall aesthetic. Um, So I worked with my brand designer a lot and we decided on like a very sleek and minimalistic um, aesthetic. And so I would say like the main font in my logo is like the most predominant feature of like my whole brand and like everything else is very like subtle. Mm. And um, that's, I would say there's a lot of different ways to appeal to people who may be in like the quote unquote like luxury market. And so this is not the only way to do it. There's like, if you're appealing to like people in the South, it's like a little bit more intricate design and stuff. So, but that's not who I'm focusing on. I'm focusing on like sleek, modern, like edgy almost like editorial. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of like took um, some editorial brands um, like Harper's Bazaar and things like that as inspiration for, for brand design. And um, I'm a lover of altering new things neutral anyway like I don't really like a lot of color (laughs) and so it did kind of fit my personality as well um but it was great I hired um Davey and Krista they have a podcast called Brands That Book and um they were actually co-founders of the Rising Tide Society um I don't know if you guys have that in New Zealand or not um or if it's just a U.S. thing I'm not familiar with it but I'm I'm not sure so it's um I think Honeybook the CRM purchased it but it's like Mm -hmm in cities across the US where it's just like creatives like coming together as like community, I guess. And they put on like education. Anyway, they co-founded it (laughs) and they have a podcast. And so um, I hired them, I trusted them 
explicitly because I felt like I knew them and they just hit it out of the park, I feel like. So the whole process took like six weeks. Um, so pretty reasonable for somebody looking to like really hit the ground running with it. So what would you like, I guess, how do you, um, how do you feel like the experience went? Cause it's, it's something that's potentially seems quite, um, like daunting. <laughs> Daunting, yeah. yeah. That's thank you, thank you for the word prompt. Um, daunting for people, especially those starting out or or a few years in, um, you know, to hire uh, someone to like completely redesign their brand. It's a lot of investment up front. You know, what if it doesn't work? Like, um, I guess, do you have any advice, sort of, now that you've gone through that whole process of, I guess, you know, was it worth it? Do you feel like it was worth it? Do you feel like it it, it did what you paid for? Yeah. So I would say um, to someone who's maybe in the first few years that it's better to hold off um, (laughs) from spending, you know, a couple thousand dollars on something like this, because you might not know where you want to go. I didn't know where I wanted to go up until this year. And so it would have been a complete waste of money had I um, invested early on kind of with a very like (laughs) um, naive view of the industry and view of the future, honestly. And so um, I would really wait until you're able to do some real soul searching, um, until you're able to experience a lot of different facets in the industry, you know, to figure out what you like, what you don't like. Some people do not want to do beach weddings or, you know, weddings in a certain venue. And so like, the more you know about your business and where you want to be headed, the better um, going into a brand design. And um, I would say that at my point in this, in my business, that yeah, it, it was way worth the money like 10 times over (laughs) um it's already like paid off so yeah like figuratively and literally um (laughs) so i think that it not only is helping me attract my ideal clients but it's helped me in my confidence as well being able to um stand firm in the way i run my business not just in my pricing but in my processes leading up to the booking process leading up to the wedding day and afterwards i feel like it's just like given me um, firmer ground to stand on in my business. I feel more legit. <laughs> yeah. So. No, fair enough. No, that, that's a totally valid feeling, feeling legit. Um, do you feel like your films have changed at all? Like, you know, there's logos and there's fonts, but have, have your films changed to fit the ideal client? So... I wouldn't say that I consciously made a decision to change the look of my films. I feel like it has just been a natural progression. Like as with anyone else, like if I watch one of the first like 10 films I ever made, I'd like, I'm appalled that anyone would have ever paid me to do that. (laughs) I'm like, Oh my God. Um, so they've definitely changed. Um, one big piece is that I held off for a really long time on upgrading my gear. I shot with a Canon ADD for the first three years and just this year upgraded to the one DX Mark II. That's been a game changer. Um, so, I mean, I've always shot with a gimbal, but I feel like I'm just becoming more skilled overall, but I guess a few things that I have changed in my filmmaking, um, is my coloring. So I was, um, 
coloring a little bit more like moody, muted, cool tones. And so I've definitely warmed things and brightened them up to mimic the look of like film photography. Um, just yeah. because in my market, that's what people want. And I think it's pretty, like, I just didn't know how to do it. <laughs> so now that I know how to do it, I'm happy to do that and to give my clients what they want because that is what they want. And that's what they tell me. <laughs> um, that's what they come to me for because I'm, I'm one of the few people in my market who, who do it that way. Um, so the coloring, the camera, and then um, I am focusing a lot more heavily on like the details of the day. Um, so mm. these people are putting a lot of effort into their florals and into even like the shoes that they bought, you know? So I know that um, it can seem trivial to some people and maybe that's where being a female gives me a leg up because I know how badly that bride wanted those Gucci shoes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so to really know that showcasing that is important, it is a part of their story, even though it's not like a piece of dialogue, it is part of their day and it was yeah. very carefully chosen and it deserves to be highlighted in their film. So I have started focusing on details a little bit more. No, I think that's definitely, it's a relatively essential part of that high-end market. Like they, the, these, the, these people do like, put a lot of like time and money into picking out their their stuff you know some people say it's just stuff but for them it's like the color of their wedding day like they see their wedding as this huge fun party with all these like cool things that they're like really excited about and they they want to see that they want they they want that recorded and that's where um knowing that you are not your client comes into play as well Mm -hmm. it's not just branding and aesthetic it's like the overall film and understanding Mm -hmm. their mindset like yeah, maybe I don't care about my shoes. Like I spent 30 bucks on them, you know, but for them yeah. it's important and to be able to recognize and have the communication with them um, to be on the same page is huge. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Cool. Okay. So I think now we need to start talking about Instagram. Um, tell me how I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> well, I have uh, not stalked your Instagram thoroughly, so I can't tell you specifically. Um, but I can give a few like key things that I think everyone should be doing. Um, the first one is having your name, photo, and bio set up correctly. Um, so kind of taking a more professional approach to that, having um, a professional headshot as your cover photo is huge. Um, and then using the actual like name so not your username, but the name, um, be something that's searchable. So, um, for you, it could be, you know, Auckland wedding filmmaker or New Zealand wedding filmmaker, or, you know, whatever, New York city, wherever you are, location-based search terms are huge. And if you, um, want to be serving a specific market, use that. And I would actually stay away from the word filmmaker because no one but us (laughs) are searching for that. (laughs) Everyone's searching for videographer. So, so stick with videographer. Um, and then having your bio set up to where it has um, something that sets you apart. And I'm not talking about how you love dogs and coffee. Um, as much as we all like to think that's unique about us, uh, it's not unique. We all like it and it's kind of boring. Um, and so um, if you have a tagline for your business, that's a great spot. So my tagline is, um, what is it? It is um, refined imagery and emotive storytelling. And so that's what's in mine. Don't copy that. <laughs> Come up with your own because it's probably not true to you. Um, and then having some sort of call to action. So it can be something like inquire here and then a link to like your contact page on your website or whatever you want them to do. Um, if you were just featured on, you know, a blog, like check out 
uh, or future on Style Me Pretty, whatever it is. Um, and so the next thing that um, I think everyone should be doing is batching their Instagram content um, mm. so that you're not, you know, sitting there at seven o'clock on a Thursday and being like, oh my God, I haven't posted in four weeks. <laughs> um, so I use the website later, later.com. It's an app as well, um, but I do everything like on the desktop and then just have it auto publish for me to Instagram. So I don't even have to like go in there. I just schedule a time and it goes. Um, and later is great because it's only 10, well, actually $9 a month US um, for video content. It's free if you just want to post photos, but we, we don't want that. So um, nine bucks a month and you can schedule out as much content as you want. And I recommend um, aiming for like at least two to three posts a week. Um, only to stay at the forefront of um, vendors' minds for when you want referrals. So your name just keeps popping up in their feed and to stay at the top of your um, key hashtags that you're targeting. So um, uploading a bunch of content to later, getting that published, you can drag and drop to like preview your grid if you want, if you're worried about the aesthetic. Um, if you're not, then that doesn't matter. Um, so two to three times a week and then using hashtags to the fullest capability possible. So you're allowed to use 30 hashtags for Instagram. You should use them all <laughs> because why not? Um, and I recommend using 10, 10, and 10. So 10 broad terms. So that could be something like, uh, so for me, like California wedding, like that's super broad. Like mm -hmm. there's hundreds of thousands of posts under that. Um, so something like that, even like California bride, California beach wedding, whatever. Um, but then mm -hmm. 10 that are location-based, so um, for me, maybe Napa wedding videographer, um, San Francisco wedding videographer, things like that. So like something that you can see a bride or groom like searching like while they're sitting on the couch. That's what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And then 10 that are um, something like that they may stumble across on accident. So that can be something like <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but like New York Bridal Fashion Week or like, you know, what I mean, something more like general um, mm -hmm. like inspiration um, hashtag luxury wedding even would fit in that mm -hmm. one. So using all 30 and using the location tag as well. So the geo tag. Um, so that would probably be a venue, but if a film is at a venue that you don't want to film at, then just use a different <laughs> venue. <laughs> I've done that lots of times and it's fine. There's no actual like hard, fast rules. So, um, whatever you want to do goes. And then, um, so that's how you can become, found by a bride and groom. Um, but the other best way to use Instagram is to use it as an engagement tool with local vendors who may lead to referrals. And so not just like being engaged with them to check off a box on your checklist, but like to actually like, you know, choose five or 10 people who you genuinely, genuinely want to build a relationship with and like this is gonna sound so like funny, but like slide into their DMs every once in a while, you know, like respond <laughs> to their stories. Like not just like, don't just hit the fire emoji, like engage with them and be like, wow, that was so beautiful. Like, I can't wait to see more. Or like, can you tell me how you did X, Y, Z or like whatever, just like show interest in them because that's um, the best way to start building relationships, right? So um, <laughs> later, use hashtags, yeah. engage. So right um, no, that's that's cool. I from another conversation I had with someone else about Instagram um, on a different po podcast. Um, engagements was one of the things he he brought out. Like it, use it as a place to have actual conversations with, with people, and I think that's a fantastic point. Is just like yeah, 
don't just have it as this megaphone that you're just blasting out. Like obviously, you have to put content out, and I am and am very guilty of being lazy with putting content out. But I think something like later is is kind of what I've been looking for because like I've 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 tried the um the like Facebook slash Instagram like um scheduling like their like native scheduling thing and it's a nightmare to use so that's kind of turned me off but yeah. i will try later um but yes engagement like, and actually using it as a place to have c- conversations with people is is um is is absolutely where it's at it's insanely powerful like mm. i get i could almost attribute like mm all of my weddings from Instagram, whether it's like Mm. a referral from a relationship I built on Instagram or just like being organically Mm. found. And like, I get referrals from people who I've never even met, like, and I don't even know who they are. They just like, Mm. (laughs) I engage with them, you know? So it's it's worth it. Yeah, but absolutely. Yeah. And because it's free, like it's free. free. Like it's just just your time that you're putting in. And um, no, absolutely. what sort of edits are you making for Instagram? And are you making anything specifically for the platform? Are you doing like vendor specific or venue specific posts for like couples to find or or for, or, or for, for design for like venues to like reshare or anything like that? So not for venues. Um, I've done like a few for different planners and different florists. Mm. Um, and... <laughs> More so just because I really like them and I, like, want to give them something that they can, like, have, you know. Um, but I do make specific edits for Instagram, um, but they're not, like, intricate one-minute teasers. Like, I will do one one-minute teaser per wedding for the couple um, and post that to Instagram, but I'm making lots of, like, 10 to 15-second cuts, um, whether that's just showcasing just the reception decor, just the ceremony decor, just the first look, whatever. Like I do spend, um, I would say like two to three hours per wedding cutting together 20 or 30 different clips um, to use on Instagram if it's a wedding I want to show. So I don't show every wedding on Instagram, um, only ones Mm -hmm. that I feel like will um, be useful as marketing collateral because Instagram is not you know, for our clients, it's for our businesses. And I think that some people feel like they have to share everything or else we might hurt our clients feelings. And I don't think they're really paying attention. I think if you just send it a file to them, if you're obligated to, like if it's in your contract, then I think that's like serving your contractual obligation. And like, they're going to be happy with it if you do a good job. So Mm. don't feel bad. (laughs) Yeah, no, fair enough. And that's, again, a fantastic point around like, show what you want to book. Yep. You know, don't show everything. Show what you want to book. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, yeah, that's a pitfall a lot of b- beginners fall into. Because you don't have much stuff, you, um, you know, uh, you just, like, want to, like, put out as much as you can. So you just show everything. But, yeah, it, as you go on and you find out what your, what your ideal client is, what your ideal wedding is, um, you end up wanting to just show that. Because what you show is what you'll book. That's exactly right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, since doing your sort of, I guess, your rebrand and your sort of refocus on a particular target market, have you done any or thought about doing any kind of um, styled shoots to try to hone in on or like or any kind of like lost leader weddings to like try and like get the kind of dream wedding to then like make a bunch of marketing collateral for to push out 
on Insta? Well, funny that you should ask because <laughs> I've done like a crap ton of style shoots this year. <laughs> I think I've done yes. like eight, eight or nine, like yeah. an obscene amount. And I actually have one, not tomorrow, but the next day. Um, so yeah, so I, um, the second one I did this year, I actually planned myself. Um, I probably spent a little over a thousand dollars on it. Um, between like helping the florist cover her costs and like buying details and stuff. Um, and I brought a planner on board and a photographer that I really wanted to work with. And she also, um, contributed financially because it was something that was going to benefit her business too. So we were really able to make it over the top. Um, it is like my current like banner on my website. Um, it was just, it was lovely. And, um, we were able to get, um, a couple of color and so that's really important with like the climate right now like we really wanted to showcase like everybody like everyone should like see themselves in a vendor and so that was really important to us um and so that was uh published on style me pretty a couple months ago um and then two days after that i did another one that was also published on style me pretty with a completely different like look um i actually asked the planner if i could please join <laughs> um like i knew she was planning this and i said if you don't mind can i tag along and uh film it and she said yes because a lot of um style shoots just don't have a videographer and so if you're like assertive and and like if you're willing to be rejected potentially like just ask like you know the worst they can say is oh no we already have one um and uh yeah i did did a bunch more that i just kind of like jumped into and um this one in a few days i'm also planning it's a different vibe it's very like um paris inspired um, to kind of push that um, destination work that I want to be doing. And so it's the same thing. It's me and the same photographer coming together with a different planner and we're all like pulling our money and like making it something that speaks to all of our brand. But I think it's so important because I have very few weddings that like truly speak to my ideal client. And um, mm -hmm. but you don't have to like let that hold you back from marketing. Like you hold the power to your business. And if you're willing to be resourceful, um, you can come up with anything you need to to get to where you want to go. That's fantastic. So. No, it's a, it's something that I haven't really thought of. I was, it's like it's something I've been aware of, like photographers doing styled shoots. I've been aware of yep. that for for years, but I've never really thought of it as something for for my business, for like trying to hone in on yeah that that ideal client and like get the kind of content that I want to book, like you know, on my um, yeah like Instagram and stuff. Well, um, filmmaking really is such a like a mm. young like career or um, what do you what am I looking for the word like niche market I yeah. guess or like yeah profession it's, profession it's, it's not, it, yeah it's it's yeah. so new photography's been around forever and they figured mm. out a few things that we have yet to figure out yeah. and so honestly like if you can kind of wow. keep an eye on what photographers are doing and just do what they do like mm. I think it'll help you out not you but like in general yeah yeah no for sure um. No, cool. Um, I I feel like I am learning a whole bunch, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go and like you know <laughs> put it all to work now and book myself a styled shoot. Get get signed up for later, and you know I've got a lot of got, got a lot of homework now. <laughs> um, what's just as as we kind of round out the show now? Um, what's ahead? for you what's the sort of the next few few months looking like for you and uh, have you got um, many more styled shoots any other 
projects, you know, stuff going on with the podcast. What's happening? Yeah. So um, I'm done with weddings. Just finished my last one a few days ago. Um, But as weddings are winding down, I'm really ramping up kind of the educational portion of my business. Um, So got lots of great um, interviews coming up on the podcast. Um, And I'm actually hosting a three-day challenge on November 10th. Um, I'm really excited about this. It's called Unlock Your Potential as a Wedding Filmmaker. And it's going to be three days of live trainings um, on Facebook Live in a in a private Facebook group. So the purpose of this is to kind of um, get everyone, get our minds right for 2021. Like 2020 has been like, a shit show. <laughs> I think we can all agree, but that doesn't have to hold us back from reaching our goals. And so the purpose of the challenge is to kind of, it's a, it's a mindset work thing and just like getting our businesses ready because 2021 is not going to allow for a lot of time for work on our business. We're going to be so busy working in our businesses. So you got to do it now or else you're not going to have time to do it. So, um, November 10th, I will put a link, um, give Ben a link to hopefully include in the show notes. Mm. Um, but you can also Absolutely. visit, um, slash free challenge. If you want to register for that, um, I would love to have you all there. Fantastic. So yeah, we'll definitely have that link below in the show notes. Um, and yeah, that sounds, sounds awesome. Um, I've, yeah, I've, I've had multiple conversations with people around that very subject around like getting ready for the shitstorm that will come in terms of like, yeah, just that for what was going to be for you 2021, hopefully this is all fingers crossed. And for us 2022, um, yeah, the kind of the mega season where everyone's, everyone's postponements and the, the, and the new couples all combine together mm-hmm. into this massive tornado of wedding. It's going to be land. horrible <laughs> and awesome yeah. and stressful yeah. and amazing yeah. all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna need lots of coffee and and lots of hugs. Something a little but stronger than coffee. Get, yeah, yeah. <laughs> coffee and whiskey together. There we go. Just mixed all together. Yep, and just a big old jug of that. That'd be great. No, uh, that's absolutely right. And and you're right. Now is the time to work on your business before you get bogged down working in your business. Absolutely, I, I like that that phrase. Um, and that's kind of yeah what I've been doing. What I, a lot of people I know have been doing. A lot of that prep work, don't just like sit on your hands now and go, oh, you know, weddings are, you know, postponed. Oh, well, I'll just sit and wait. You know, like now's the time to like put in the mahi and, and yeah, work on your business and prepare for what's about to come so that you can springboard into, uh, you know, springboard out of this, out of this COVID shitstorm. I like that springboard out of it. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, Thank you, Taylor. I think that's going to do us. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for inviting me on your show. I'm not sure when your show is going to um, be out, but we're about to start recording it right about right about now. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll, uh, depending on when things come out and when you, your show does come out, I'll have a link for that in the show notes as well, which will be really exciting. My first time as a guest on a podcast, which is really cool. But, um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all all your insights. I learned a lot. And like I said before, I've got a lot of homework t- <laughs> to do now. Yeah. Thanks for uh, having me on. I had fun talking to you. Okay. Alrighty. Well, um, that's going to do us and we will uh, see you guys n- next time. <laughs>